0: The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the Spirit of Revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the McCareful Gospel Church podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. read from verse 18 to verse, uh, let's read up to verse 21. Let's begin there. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, from verse 18. I'm reading from the famous version, King James verse. It says, Now the of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was Espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being the just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Lord, we don't take this time for granted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us here. Now, Lord, you brought us here for a purpose. Let your purpose and will be fulfilled in us. Let every man and woman leave this place different from the way they came in this morning. And I pray in your amazing way, confirm this word in their hearts and in their lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse 18, there's a small phrase there that I want us to focus on. It says, before they came together. Before they came together. It simply means that Mary and Joseph abstain from sex before marriage. This is a call for self-control. God He's calling out to his people to exercise self-control in the area of sex. There is a call this morning upon us all to exercise self-control in that important area of our lives. I have observed in my my life and also in Scripture that when a man or woman fails to control his sexual life, his life will never attain the full potential that God destined for him. You can never be the best you can be if you don't know how to handle your sexual life or sexual drive. You will never. Look at Solomon. Solomon could have done more things than what he did. But the Bible says when he was old, his wife laid him away from the Lord. He loved many women. I think Solomon is the reason why the kingdom was divided. I don't think I believe it is so. Solomon caused the division of the kingdom. When he died and his son became the king, the kingdom split. It all goes back to his sins with his many wives you look at the example of reuben in the book of genesis his father said you will never excel because you defiled my bed you went up to my couch and defiled my bed reuben slept with his father's wife and if you look at the life of reuben he never excelled there is no judge there is no prophet of course there's no king from the tribe of reuben never he never excelled, and his descendants. Samson, I can go on and on and on and on. This area of our lives is critical. There is a call coming us to us this morning that will you please exercise self-control in your sexual life? Will you learn, Will you take handle? There is a call upon this house to exercise self-control in the area of sex. Now, I want to read this scripture to you this morning that touched me. First of all, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness, all covetousness, let it not be once named among you as it becometh saints, let it not even be mentioned that's among you. May this never be true of the people of God. If anybody accused you and me of being a fornicator or adulterer, when they check, may they find that it is false. It's not true. Let it never even once be mentioned among you. That is how much God wants us to raise the bar. There is a call for self-control. The Bible says before they came together, that means all their dating, all the time they were relating, they had no sex. Joseph and Mary abstained from sex until, they, until when they got married. As the second scripture I want us to read, it's found in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 up to verse 5. For this is the will of God. Even your what? Sanctification. This is the will of God. If you don't know what God's will is for your life, this is the will of God. (laughs) Your sanctification. That you should abstain from. Fornication. There is a call god is saying will you please control your sexual life there's a call for self-control in this house verse verse 4 that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel or his body in sanctification and honor god wants us to learn how to handle our bodies In holiness and in honor. Look at that verse carefully. It says, everyone here needs to learn. Even me. No one can learn for you. You have to learn your own body. Study your own body. Study your own body. Know your body. Know how to possess it. Exercise control. Keep it under control. It says, each one of you, each must know how to possess his body. Now listen. It says, you control your body. That means you're more than this flesh. Uh, There is something greater. There is something bigger that lives in you. The body is not you. You are more than the body. So you control your body. The you in you is the spiritual man who has a destiny in God. The you is, in, is, the, is the man, is the soul that God saved and the soul that God has a destiny for. This body is a carrier. It's a house. It 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 is a house for you. You the spirit man in you and the spirit man in you, God has got great things in store for you. Don't let the body control you. No, you control the body. Learn how to possess it, learn how to control it. There's a call for self-control. Self-control. Yeah, there is a call for self-control in this house. Learn how to possess it, how to control it. Know your weaknesses, know your strength. You know, all of us have got different levels of arousal. All of us have got different levels of how we get around sexually. For some men, strangely enough, even just holding the hands of a woman, fire begins to burn in his body, just holding someone's hand. Others, it's just visual images, thoughts. Others is scent, smell, a fume. We have got different bodies, but you must know your body. Learn how to subject it and control it. To... Holiness and honor. Now, verse 5. Not in the last of conspiquence, even as Gentiles which know not God. Church, we are not ordinary people. We are people in the covenant with God. Thank you, Christ. We are in covenant, we are different from other Gentiles. We've been set apart. We are now in covenant with God. It says, Not in the last of yes, even as Gentiles who know God, verse six, that no man go beyond the his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. In other words, when you are born again. You are different from the people of the world. See, in the world. Last night, people are moving from bar to bar, sleeping with this one, sleeping with this one. Some people sleep with someone who they, who they don't even know because they got drunk. There are people in town here who last night slept with strangers. That is the world. That's where some of us were. That's the world. When God saved us, We and into a covenant. We are now different. We are going somewhere with God. God has a purpose for us. God has a dream. God has goals. Don't let this body cause you to forfeit God's best for you. God has got great things in store for you. Don't let this body cause you to lose out what God has for you. So Paul says, you learn how to control your body. Hallelujah. Now, the Scripture says in First Corinthians chapter six verse thirteen, it says, "Meat is for the belly, and the belly for meat, but God shall destroy both it and them." He says, now the body is not for what? But for for the Lord. The body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God has got big plans for that body. He wants to use you to take you to places to preach the gospel. He wants to use your body To show forth his image and glory to other people. He wants to use that body. That he may use it as as, as a medium to send forth his word. He wants to use your hands as vehicles of healing. He wants to use your mind as a way of inventing and changing people's lives. He wants to use your body. The body is for the Lord. It's for the Lord. He has got a big agenda for your body. It's not for immorality. Let's go back to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one and verse verse um, twenty-five. He says, Matthew one verse twenty-five says, "And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus." Now, friends, that verse is interesting. He spent months or even years dating Mary. He never touched her sexually. Then when they get married, she's pregnant, and he knows he cannot sleep with her, and she gives birth to Jesus. There was no way for him to sleep with her until she gives birth to to god's son so he had to wait another ten nine months just seeing that beautiful woman in his bed and you know that was his wife mary was his wife but after waiting for so for such a long time he had to wait even longer because she was pregnant, and I'm sure when she gave birth, women have to recover when they give birth, don't they? Don't they? You give them time to recover, you don't, you don't rape your wife. Give her time to recover from the, the... Giving back is not a walk in the park. When a woman gives birth, you give her time to recover. So, I suspect that Joseph had to wait for a walk Time before he could sleep with this woman. But do you know why he had the strength to wait? It's because even when they were dating, he practiced self control. When you get in the habit of using self control, you build muscle, moral muscle. Over any disease, you, 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 you have the strength and the grace to resist. I tell young people in this church, it is for your good that you abstain from sex until you get married because you're going to build the capacity to resist sin. If you start sleeping together before you're married, you're setting a bad precedent. Because now you're telling your body there's no self-control. Even after you're married, you sleep with the housemaid, sleep with the secretary, sleep with the driver. So you have everything that works, you won't sleep with it. You have no self-control. Because when you're dating, you're, you do not train your body to control itself. This body must be controlled. Paul says learn how to possess how to subject it. You see, temptation does not end when you get married. Am I right, Mr. Eh? Cassius? Am I right? I'm right. Even married men get tempted. For me, I speak the truth. Even men who are married and have a wife beside them, they get tempted. But when you have taught your body during courtship that you can't have your way, no, you are you, supposed to follow my command. Pos- teach your body, possess it. If you learn to control it when you are dating, there's a high chance that even after you get married, when the temptation, you'll control it because you have learned. And the body has learnt that you're in control, not the body. Hallelujah. So this man spent another, probably a year, just looking at this woman in his bed. And he was careful not to touch her. That's not easy for a normal man, if you have not learned how to control your body. And I think many times, for young people in this, in, in the church, sex before marriage can also be a trust issue. Some of us don't trust God enough. Uh, there's a saying that how can you spend so much money to buy a pair of shoes without trying them on first if they fit you? So how, would you, how can you marry someone before you you try them out and see if if they function well. And some people think, Pastor, how do I know? I need to, we need to test and make sure that things are okay. That's what some people think. They think that, Pastor, how? It's like buying a house. It looks very good on the outside. But before you buy a house, you must enter in and see the rooms. Check out the painting in the rooms. It's an issue of trust. When we pray and God gives us a husband or a wife or someone to become a husband or a wife, we need to trust that when we ask for bread, God won't give you a stone. Okay. On my when you ask for fish, He won't give you a serpent. Say Amen. When you ask for a priest, he won't give you a frog? It's, a, it's an issue of trust. But for we are saved. We're not like other Gentiles. We're, we are in a covenant with God. We walk not by sight, but by faith. Say, so, Pastor, how do I know this woman is normal? This might number. We have got to try these things out. Oh, it's an issue of trust. I trust. And even if there are problems later, then we know where to go in prayer. This man, Joseph and his wife, the Bible says Joseph was just. Mary was a virtuous woman. They abstained from sex all that time. So there's a call for self control. But there's now another call that we see in this passage, a call for surrendered lives. God wants us to live lives that are surrendered to him. When this man found out that his fiance was pregnant, he had a big, big, big problem on his hands. The Bible says an angel came to him and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take your wife. You see, in the, in the Jewish custom, when you are engaged and you formally engage a woman, she's your wife, except that you, you have to go and pick her up formally from her parents. Then you can consummate the marriage. You can't consummate the marriage until you go and pick her up. You know the story of the ten virgins? That's the, that's the custom. The bride goes to the parents, the parents of the bride, and formally you, you receive the bride from the parents of the bride, you take her to your house, and then you can have sex with her. So Joseph was just waiting for that ceremony to go and receive Mary from the parents and take her to his house. And then they would have sex, but legally they were married. And she was called his wife, except they had not come together because Joseph had to go to the parents and formally receive Mary and take her to his house. But now he finds out that she's pregnant. Of course, Mary may have tried to explain to him, but it was hard to believe. Until an angel came and told him don't be afraid take this young woman to be your wife Because what she has conceived she has conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and he said she'll bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus now That was not easy Because Joseph had an impeccable reputation He had a spotless image. He was a virtuous man He was probably one of the leaders in the synagogue at Nazareth. He had business contacts. He had customers who respected him as a righteous person. Joseph had relatives and probably they were God-fearing. So for him to accept to marry this young woman who conceived out of wedlock it was going to damage his, his image. It would be like he's admitting that he's the one responsible for that pregnancy. So to Joseph, it was giving up his image, surrendering his reputation. It was giving up his good name to obey God. It was not easy. He had so much to lose. He probably even lost the business. There was shame. And Joseph and Mary had to live with that almost all their lives. Let me show you how why I'm saying that. In John chapter 8, verse 41. Please give me that verse. John 8, verse 41. You're taking too long. It says. You do the deeds of your father, then say they to him, We be not born of fornication, we have one father, even God. When the Pharisees and Sadducees were attacking Jesus, they accused him of being born in fornication. This is being done many, many years later. The stigma is still there. The whole family has had to wear this we're not, we're not like we're not born out of fornication we know how you were born your mother conceived by her p they had, had sex before marriage they seemed you're the product of fornication that is what joseph to take on, he gave up his reputation. He surrendered his name. He surrendered his image. He surrendered it so much, he gave it up in order to do the will of God. My question is, how many people here are willing to serve God? If you want to serve God, are you ready <laughs> to surrender all to him? Your honor, your name, your dreams, your plans, your cars, <laughs> your money. You say, are you ready? Are you ready? Do you know what they are talking about? Supposing he says to you, leave that job and go to Karamoja and serve me. Are you, (laughs) are you prepared? There is a call of God for self-control and also to live a surrendered life. (laughs) Friends, the men in the Bible who have done amazing things have lived like Joseph. They say, God my money is yours God my family is yours God my name is yours God honor comes from you. here take it if you want my honor take it They, they surrender everything to him and when they do that then God is able to use them in amazing ways people who serve God but they hold on to some things I will serve God, but this one, mm, this one is mine. This is my, this is my dream. I will serve God, but I will not go to, I will not do. I will not go to this area. I, they deserve they, they, certain things in their lives. You restrict God, you limit him. God will never use anyone significantly. who holds or do some say. That's why he told Abraham, Abraham. Take your son to Mount Moriah and give him up to me, because I see you have a problem with that boy. He's taking my place in your life. Give him up to me. Abraham said, "Okay, God." We're coming. And when he got there and he raised the knife, God said, "Ah, now I know. I know you love me more than that boy. Don't kill the boy." He turned and saw a ram caught in the thicket. And then God said, Abraham, I swear by myself, I'm going to give you children. I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you influence. I'm going to make you mighty. I will multiply you. But that's when he gave up everything to him. And then God began to use Abraham in supernatural, extraordinary ways. There is a call in this house is that anyone Who's the Lord? Everything, and you mean it. Everything is at your disposal. Use me, use it. I am ready. <laughs> this man, Joseph, we don't give him his due honor. Sometimes when we make Christmas plays, Joseph is in the background. <laughs> eh? In fact, we give more honor to the donkeys. <laughs> and shepherds. Uh, Joseph is not, he doesn't feature much because in scriptures, he doesn't speak a single word. Everything he does is in action. There's no recorded statement that Joseph made. It's only obedience. Read the Bible. There's no word he speaks in scripture. All we see is action do this, he does it, do this, he does it. That's why when there's drama, people want to act the place of uh, Mary and shepherds and magi, but Joseph is just moving style. When this man is an amazing man, when the child was born, he could have named him after one of his relatives. You know how it is the, the Jews have got a similar culture to ours. In our culture, it is the father or the grandfather who gives the name to the child. Am I right? Am I right? That is our culture. And you have a child, normally the father or the grandfather gives the name and they pick a name from someone in the family joseph this was his son instead of giving him a name joseph or someone in his family he obeyed god and called him jesus yes. i know i'm the foster father i know i'm going to take care of him all my life i know i need to provide for him i know I must nurture and train him, but I give up my right to name him. I will name him after the name he gave me. He's called Jesus, not Joseph. Think God is looking for people like that. Starting all. Oh, oh. everything is that you can use me however you want. Well, God find such a man he knows I have this one now I can do what I want to do in him and through him hallelujah ah now I want to close this there is a call for self-control there is a call to surrender all to God and there is a call for foster parents. Foster parents. Look at verse 20. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Let me just pause there. Joseph. son of David friends when I was studying the Bible this week I was so blessed because I, I discovered many things I did not know I discovered that Joseph was essential he was critical to the ministry of Jesus you know why because Jesus could not become the king in Israel If was not in the line of King David. He may have been born miraculously by virgin birth. Wonderful. But he had no right to the throne unless he was in that lineage. God had told David that I'm giving you a kingdom that was everlasting. He says, there will always be someone from your seed will be the king over Israel. God made that promise. So Jesus had to come through the line of David. So God looks for a man who was willing to give up everything, name, Honor, found this man. This man was a great, 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 great grandson of David. Joseph is called the son of David. So when God was picking this man, he was aware that he was getting someone who was important so that Jesus can legally take the throne of David. Commander, he's in that royal family. Are you following? And Joseph accepted Of course, he was not a rich man, but you know, lineage is lineage. Lineage is lineage. I was in Bunyoro this past week, and there is a a priest uh, who is the son of the Mukama. He's not a very good man from what I heard, but he's the the next Mukama and the people respect him. Is he well-behaved? No, he's not well-behaved it's the blood light if the president Omukama passed away that man will become the next king in Bunyoro it's in the blood so even Joseph he may not have been a very rich man but it's, if someone was going to sit on that throne he had to be in that lineage now I thank God that Joseph accepted to become the foster father of Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. Joseph is the first recorded foster father in the Bible. Do you know that? Joseph is the first foster father in the Bible. On to take on someone who is not the biological father, but he takes on the responsibility to provide, to nurture, to feed, to protect. He's the first person in the Bible. Yasoko, Dala. To be a foster, to be a guardian. And what he did was amazing. Because he provided Christ with the opportunity to grow up. And in the end, Christ is going to come back as the King of Kings. He's also called the Son of David. You know why? Because he came through the line of Joseph. Here's my message. The principle of adopting children. The principle of taking on children who are not yours and taking care of them is in the Bible. Jethro took on Moses. Jethro became the father of Moses. Mordecai took on Esther who was a cousin. When Esther's parents died, Mordecai took her on as his own daughter. All these examples show that when we take on children who are not biologically our children and we nurture them, you never know what that person will become in the future. You never know. You have no idea. It is amazing. All these examples I brought you, look at their lives. When your took in Moses and became his father, he did not know he was hoping to raise a deliverer in Israel. A statesman, a man has become extremely famous Moses. When Joseph received him and gave him a house, gave him food, and gave him a wife, he did not know I am raising up a great leader that would touch the world you don't know that if you take up that child that you see maybe god is showing you someone to take on adopt nature there is a need for foster parents foster mothers foster fathers these days there are so many children who don't have a father don't have a mother but you know something sometimes the great men are among those children. Hey, the people who are going to change this world are among those children who don't have a father or a mother. This man is a good example. He accepted to raise someone else's son. This was not his son. See, I'm sad. Oh, but he took on the responsibility gladly and he did very well. He taught him how to make furniture. He taught him how to be a carpenter. He taught him how to do business. <laughs> he taught him the Torah. He taught him the road. He took him to church. He taught him how to take care of families. Joseph mentored Jesus. And the amazing thing is this. Joseph was not an orator. Terimogese is not. Some people are charismatic. It's as if they were born speaking from their mother's womb. They talk. They're very impressive. But Joseph was very simple. You don't have anything recorded that he said. An ordinary job. Ordinary man. But my God, he did a fine job. He did a fine job. There is the call for foster parents. I don't believe in children being in orphanages. I used to, but now, you never know the person you pick up in that orphanage. If you take on someone who has lost his parents, someone you may even find on the street. If God leads you, you never know. You might be raising up someone that's going to touch his generation. Let me give an example. I did my research. I studied Steve Jobs. He's known as a businessman, visionary, entrepreneur. He, he brought a revolution in the telecommunications. He, 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 he's the father of tablets and these modern f- smartphones. Steve Jobs is the man who brought that into being. But did you know his mother had sex with a Muslim, it's called Abdallah something, abdullah Ab- Fata, Jan- Jandali, and Steve Jobs was bo- born out of wedlock. I was surprised. Steve Jobs, his father was a Muslim, Abla, Abla, Abdul 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 Go also on Google, go and do your homework also. His his father was a Muslim. His mother was called Joanna Shibel. Now, the parents of Joanna, they were Caucasian. They told the daughter, we don't allow you to marry this man. He's a Muslim. Give up your son for adoption. So, Steve Jobs was given up for adoption by his parents. Abdullah Abdullafatah, Jandali, and Joanna. (laughs) Go and check it out. This is it's, it's true. It's true. And very young, few months old, a gentleman called um, Paul Jobs and his wife Clara Jobs, a low middle couple took him in and raised him up as their own son. They did not know this man would change the world with his inventions. There is a call for foster parents. God is saying, can I find someone here who can help me raise the next Billy Graham? Can I find someone here who can help me raise the next? There is a call for foster parents. Some of us only think about ourselves, but this is also a ministry, a powerful ministry. They are home, who are waiting for someone to show them love. And who knows what God has put in them. When you see him, you would never imagine this man would change this world. You know, just a simple baby, helpless, abandoned by parents. The parents gave birth to him out of fornication. And the father was a Muslim. And because the father was a Muslim, the, the, the parents of the mother said, "Ah, you, up, Don't, you can't marry this man. In fact, even the baby gave up the baby. Yeah. He gave up the baby for adoption. This man, out of compassion, took him in. Ooh. Yes, Steve Jobs. There is a call for foster parents, brothers and sisters. And hear this as I finish. Men, don't discount single mothers, because Mary was a single mom, in a sense. She was going to become a single man. But there was an opportunity in the life of Joseph to take on a woman who had conceived out of wedlock and provide protection provide and care for her. He did not know by doing that, he would be raised from being an extraordinary man. He became an extraordinary man. Joseph is famous because he married Mary. on if you see girls who are single moms, don't just see bambi she has got two children back. You know, some of those women there's destiny in them. There's destiny in them. So when you're looking for a wife, pray that God may open your eyes. Because that woman with three, four children might be your kid's success. God works in very funny ways. God works in strange ways. He's us to perform. He. His ways are not our ways. Sometimes men say, ah, Jack was a guy here, I, I No, you're talking like a man. You think like a man. Ask God to give you the speed might. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with His might and fortified by the Word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Rap. Goodbye.